everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I am joined as always by my co-host, the reasonably aged lady, Tara. Greetings, citizens. <laughs> it's funny how that greeting said... Trust that comment. That greeting citizens sounded a lot like F.U., it, like it really did like i heard greeting citizens but it's like f you we are a science fiction movie podcast and we are going to talk about 12 monkeys uh directed by terry gilliam and that's going to be this episode we're also going to talk about the short film leisure t if i'm saying that remotely right and i never took friends so i have no idea but uh the short film that inspired it we're going to do that at the end as a little bonus so, so sometimes we do mystery science theater instead of this time we're going to talk about that short film the friend short film that inspired 12 monkeys so that's what we're going to do uh but yeah we talk about sci-fi movies every week and we start spoiler free we'll give you a warning before we get any spoilers somewhere in the middle and we'll go from there so uh tara i just seen 12 monkeys before mm-hmm. i have you have it was uh one of my dad's favorite films when it had come out so we saw it in the theaters and then we watched it a few times when it was on hbo so yeah i'd seen it a few times although i'll you know, it had been a while, so um, a lot of the plot points were familiar, but a lot of the details were very new to me on this viewing. Yeah, I'd seen it once before. I'd seen it maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15, something in that range. It was in my, probably in my teens, like some something in my mid to late teens. I saw mm-hmm. 12 Monkeys, and the fact that that's like 10 plus years ago now is making me feel old, but... I, not reasonably aged <laughs> we're both reasonably aged okay um mm-hmm. <laughs> okay do you know what next time tara i'm going to introduce you as my fellow a fellow member of my generation tara is here that'll be how i introduce you from now on okay i don't need your charity <laughs> so no i'd seen it once and Honestly, I was I didn't remember liking it that much. I remembered being kind of just indifferent to it. And I was curious going back to it now because I'd since I'd actually seen Ledger T. I'd seen that before. I saw that maybe a few years ago. And we'll get to my thoughts on that when we get to it. But I was curious because I didn't really remember much about it. I remembered like a little bit of like Brad Pitt running around in a mental hospital and I remembered like a couple of Dutch angles and but that was like I couldn't have told you anything else about the movie if you'd asked me a week ago what it was. I knew there was some time travel element, but that was you know, I couldn't remember it. So yeah, so what is the premise of the film? What is the premise of Twelve Monkeys? Twelve Monkeys is a film where Bruce Willis plays this character named Cole, who is a prisoner in the future after society has all moved underground because a deadly plague, a virus, has wiped out the vast majority of the population. A few million survive and go underground, but most of the population have been wiped out. And he's a prisoner, and he is tasked with a sort of a, an offer, like if you do this experiment with us, because every so often there's a quote-unquote volunteer, uh, you'll be maybe pardoned or, or whatever. And it's basically an experiment to send him back in time to 1996 to try and figure out the source of the virus because if they can go back and sort of find out where it came from they can maybe develop some sort of cure they can't change the past this is not a film about them trying to change the outbreak from happening they're merely just trying to figure out where it came from so they can in present day for them can immunize themselves so they can go outside and do things because they want a cure because there's a scene early on before this happens where Bruce Willis goes outside and he has to put on like two hazmat suits and like a it's like an astronaut suit with a hazmat suit over the top of it and it's like all right we get it it's dangerous and underneath <laughs> there's like a 
there's like just a condom layer yes. of latex over his entire body. Yeah, yeah, because you see him sitting there and he's got all this latex on, but then he's he's, he's putting on just the gloves and the the, the socks, as it were, to, to complete the the latex body. It's a body condom. It's a body condom. Yes, all <laughs> it is. I mean, it's not quite. Have you ever seen the Naked Gun? The 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 sex scene in that. It's not quite that body condom, but it's it's close. No. <laughs> but yeah, so. They actually send him back to the wrong time. They send him back to 1990, and they think he's crazy, which is why they, they ends up in in a, in a hospital. And that's where we meet Brad Pitt's character, who's another big star in the film. Uh, although he was just uh, sort of on the rise at the time, I guess. You know, this was just in the I early know, days. He's so useful. Uh, and then we also have Madeline Stowe as the as the other lead, uh, Catherine uh, Raley. Really, Catherine Catherine Raley is her name, uh, and she is this the psychiatrist who sort of deals with them in 1990, and then. When he does eventually end up in 1996, she ends up sort of being a big part of his story. So that is what I'll say in spoiler-free, and we'll keep everything else uh, before spoilers. But yeah, so Tara, how did you feel watching this again? Oh, this is a really bizarre film that I didn't remember it being so out there. Like, hmm. with the with the direction, I guess I should have with Terry Gilliam directing it, but... um. I think I, it's something I didn't pick up when I watched it as a kid in the 90s. But when I watch it now, I'm just like, this style is kind of hit or miss for me. But I do still like it. Like it's still a, uh, I think it's a pretty solid time travel film. There there are some plot holes like you get with any time travel film. Um, I think since we've been watching so many of them, I kind of been seeing... 12 Monkeys influence on other films mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, I really love the performances from Brad Pitt and from um, Bruce Willis a lot. A lot of the side performances are a bit wacky. <laughs> a lot of them, most of them, maybe even all of them. <laughs> and there are some scenes where I'm just like, okay, movie. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about the pimp. We'll get to the yeah. pimp and spoilers. Don't you worry. Oh dear. It's not enough for me to not like the movie. I still actually really like it. <laughs> um, I First of all, we're, we're trying something different recording-wise tonight, so you might hear Tara sound a little clearer than she normally does. I also think the delay that's normally there on Skype is gone. No, it's still there. It's still there, okay. <laughs> I love how I said that and then you just paused for like three seconds waiting for me to stop talking. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I did a little test because I moved my hand and then I waited to see it. Okay. Move on the other. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, we have a freeze. We have a freeze. Speak, speaking of of uh, testing out new stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, well, that was a problem that happened anyway. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's not, that's not, that's not a negative. That's just a consistent problem with what was before. So that's okay. Everything else is still better. <laughs> overall uh so my thoughts on 12 monkeys my thoughts on 12 monkeys um i still don't like it <laughs> is my, so don't like it <laughs> i don't like it and i i think the, t the movie's about two hours 10 minutes long i it, I, it felt like four hours to me i was it felt like a slog i i was really i was really struggling I, it through definitely this one. down in the middle yeah i like was really struggling through this one i um, you said that you liked Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt's performances. Um, 
I'm indifferent towards Bruce Willis's performance. I hate Brad Pitt's performance. <laughs> I hate him really? in this movie. Yeah, I can't Didn't stand him. Did he get an Oscar nomination for it? Did he? I question the Academy's process if he did. <laughs> oh, I like it. I mean, I think it fits the tone of the film. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't it's, think a it's like a real, you know, crazy person. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. I, 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 maybe it's because obviously I know Brad Pitt and I didn't see this until later, but like all I can see is Brad Pitt pretending to be wacky. That's all I can see. And it feels weird. It feels like he's just. It is the most unusual role I think he's ever done. Yeah, I, I don't know if he suits unusual. He's Brad Pitt. He does not look like an unusual man. Oh, what are you talking about? Sure he does. He's unusual in um, Glorious Bastards. I can't remember his role in Glorious Bastards. Who's, who's in Glorious Bastards? <laughs> Lieutenant Aldo Rain. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but for some reason I wasn't thinking that was Brad Pitt for a second. I don't know why. Yeah. How, how could I forget? Arrivederci. Yes. Arrivederci. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't know I, I wasn't feeling him Bruce Willis is okay in it like uh, it, it, it's because it's, it's not from the like, Bruce Willis post like mid 2000s is very much Bruce Willis doesn't care anymore and he's just doing this for his alimony checks right because he has to send out a lot of alimony money now. <laughs> so he's making movies just for the cash uh, this isn't this isn't Bruce Willis like that I think he's he's fine in the movie mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I don't think him and the love interest have much chemistry is, is one of my things I, I think, yeah, I think that's missing, but I also think her her character change that happens in, like, the last third of the film is mm. a bit strange. It's nonsense, yeah. yes. <laughs> doesn't really, it doesn't really work for me either. Like, her character does a total shift, and I get, like, you know, suddenly going from not believing someone to believing somebody's story because of what she's seen. But like she goes full bonkers for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. I think the pacing is an issue. Like it, it probably isn't. But it felt like we spent an hour in that that hospital, and I, I was just waiting for it to, you know. Maybe, but I thought the hospital scenes were the were like the most interesting parts. Oh, I don't when he know. Was stuck in the mental hospital. Because it, it does the um. There's a lot of Dutch angles. It's like, hey, look how wacky everyone is here. Dutch angles and close ups of Brad Pitt's face, like. Really intense. Uh, see, I didn't notice that so much. I noticed the wide shots because you can see all the other crazies in the background, and they're just being told to act crazy. So it's just like this, like <laughs> dancing going on in the background, or people just doing the, a tick over and over again. And <laughs> they don't really look crazy; they just look like actors who are trying to think of what crazy looks like. Yeah, it almost. I don't want to say it's offensive because I don't think it is. I don't think it's ill intentioned, but it almost is borderline. Like, hey, you couldn't have actually tried to represent like mentally ill people in a way that is doesn't just look a bunch of actors doing silly things around. Yeah, the place. but I think I think it all kind of fits the tone of the movie because you you get the tone right away with the scientist mm-hmm. in the beginning. I won't give too too much of the plot in this part, but like. It was a bit jarring for me at first, but by the end of the film, I got used to it to the point where I kind of preferred to see those types of scenes over the real world stuff because they didn't seem like they fit in the same film. Yeah, the 90s stuff. Yeah, I definitely liked the stuff in the future more, um, at least at first. I wasn't, I think as it went on, I got a little bit more frustrated with it because I actually did have a problem with those scientist characters and just how like cookie they were. Like, 
Like, yeah, they're su- super kooky. Because there's nothing wrong with the premise of this movie. This pre- the premise of this movie is right up my alley. Like, yeah, like going back in time, trying to figure out like a way to save the future. Like, oh yeah, the Terminator. <laughs> like you know all of it all my sort of thing um yeah the premise of this movie's fight it's just it's this movie just makes it so quirky and cookie which isn't necessarily like a huge problem like i can i can get into certain cookie styles um in fact even in a french way because this film reminds me of french and not just because it's based on a french story but terry gilliam's always kind of felt to me like kind of an offshoot of like some of that french kind of 90s era like uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet, like your um, oh, Delicatessen, your, even Alien Resurrection by the same director, which, you know, if you watch that movie, and, you know, we'll do it on the show at some point, it has kind of a, this weird tone versus the other films, because it's this French style of, like, just slightly surreal, just slightly surreal uh, kind of thing to it. I'm really not familiar with French directors, so I can't really help you with that, he, but he, he did, uh, I have seen the Alien uh which one uh, Resur- uh resurrection resurrection yeah i watched that one recently i watched all of them recently mm. and yeah i could see that yeah his, his most famous film was uh amelie if you if you've heard of that which one uh, uh amelie oh i love that movie yeah he did that he did that he did that and then did alien resurrection that was his career <laughs> oh <laughs> or maybe did that after i can't remember i can't remember <laughs> um but yeah there's a couple of little bit of uh you know that sort of influence in Gilliam's work but particularly in the future stuff like the, the way the future looks the, this kind of quirkiness to it reminds yeah, it's with cyberpunk yeah it reminds me of that stuff but i like those movies actually i, I actually really like uh, the ones i mentioned there um, i don't really remember amelie that much i did see that a long time ago but uh, delicatessen which is actually a sci-fi movie so we, we could do that at some point um is 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 definitely got this quirkiness to it, and it's got this kind of grungy but kind of playful, like sci-fi visual style to it, and I don't dislike that at all. Um, <laughs> but I think this movie, this movie lacks for me uh, caring about the characters because I don't think I ever cared about Cole Bruce Willis's character. I don't think I ever really give a shit about what happened to him, and I think that's a big problem. Um, maybe I, I, it might be kind of tough because you don't. You don't really buy his chemistry with the with the love interest, and he's he starts off as a convict. So right away you're just like, okay, well, what do you do? Mm. I, I have to like this guy. Like he's clearly not a good person. Yeah, we never actually get and, to find out what he did, though, do we? Like we never get to hear. Oh, no. this is you know what he. Yeah. No, I guess not, but you. I don't know. I, I was a bit invested into his character, mostly because I liked the puzzle, although I remembered how all the pieces kind of went together because I'd seen this movie a few mm. times um, as I was watching it. It's like, oh yeah, and that comes up later. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it with like a, a clean slate this time. It was pretty clean for me, although, funnily enough, like I, there was a couple of things where I, I kind of just like like you know he mentions something there's something on the news at one point and he mentions how it ends and of course it's like okay well this is going to be one of the things that proves that he's not completely batshit insane like like you know, the end of this news story is going to happen at some point mm-hmm. and it's going to prove to someone that he's not just you know uh you know crazy so like 
Um, and obviously, that, I mean, that's obvious anyway, but there was definitely a few points in that in the movie where... It was kind of tropey. Yeah, there's a, there's a few tropes that come up. There's, you know, at one, at one point, there's like a jarbled phone call in the future, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if we get to hear that phone call get made in the past at some point, you know, that we've not done yet, like, kind of thing. Like, you know, there's little things like that kind of sprinkled through it, which isn't necessarily a problem. I, I think my, my, my big problems with this movie is I think the pacing of the movie is off, partly because I feel like Gilliam's direction in this film lacks any kind of momentum the script i think lacks momentum i feel like every mm-hmm. time we're in like a like the film breaks down into like sections right you've, you've got like the mental hospital section which is like i don't know 30 minutes something like that and then you've got a section sort of after that and then you kind of get your last chunk and i feel like each section all feel like they're like it all makes sense in the concept of the movie overall how much time each one takes but when you're actually in each section they feel like they drag on a long time and mm-hmm. I felt that in every single one. It felt like it was taking a long time to get to the point. And I don't mind movies that are slow paced and take their time, but it wasn't slow paced in a way where I was like intrigued by what was happening. It felt like I was getting the point that it was trying to make. And then it was spending all 10 minutes continuously making that point before it would move on to the next thing. And it felt very frustrating. And I don't know if that was just like, I don't know. I don't know what, what it is. Like, it's hard to define, but I, I'm not into the quirkiness of this Do you movie. like other Terry Gilliam films? I remember liking Brazil more, but not loving it the way that everyone praises it. You know, and like it's it's not one where I watched and went, yeah, that 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 belongs in the Criterion collection. I was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Is it a Criterion film? It it was at one point. It may have been out of print and not anymore, but it was. Um, I've not seen Time Bandits though. I can't comment on Time Bandits, but I haven't seen. Well, I've seen Brazil, but it's been a long time. I, I, should... I wouldn't. I couldn't tell you what it it's about. Yeah, it's a sci-fi movie, so we'll do it at some point. And Time Bandits sounds like a time travel movie, so we'll probably do that. Ooh, so we'll probably do it pretty soon, huh? Yeah, sometime in the next few months. I've so... seen, you know, Fear and Loathing. That was hidden, right? Uh, yes, I've not seen that, actually, but yeah. Oh. Um, I do like that film quite a bit, but it's been a long time. I, I don't know if it holds up as well. Um, it I might can... have been a movie of its time. Yeah, that's one that I've stayed. Where I was in the right time, like the right age to really get into it. That's one I've stayed away from because I just kind of hate Johnny Depp. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that came that came later, right? My hatred of Johnny Depp. Yeah, because there was just an oversaturation of Johnny Depp after Pirates of the Caribbean, but this movie came before Pirates. No, of the Caribbean. I already disliked him because I hated him in Edward Scissorhands, which was like before that or around that time. Oh my god, you were the worst. I'm sorry, I don't like Johnny Depp. The, the only thing I can stomach Johnny Depp in is literally the Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one. I put He's fine in that. <laughs> once, he, once he hit his 20s, assuming he was under 20 in that movie, he may not have been, maybe he was like 21, but I, I don't like Johnny Depp. I just never have. You gotta watch Ed Wood. <laughs> you're gonna, I know you're gonna hate it, but you have to watch it. Oh my god! I I think uh, Tara's Christmas present this year is going to be us reviewing Edward just to <laughs> finally shut this up. <laughs> no, you and Connor need to review it. That would be my Christmas present. Why did it? Why does Connor need to be the one reviewing it? You're the one who cares because that I watch I it. I want you and Connor to have the discussion, not me. <laughs> That's a one twenty one film, and uh, then we can review Plan Nine from Outer Space on the Ace. <laughs> oh, what an episode that'll be! 
okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell Connor that he has to chip in for a Christmas present and then explain that it's Edward. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I'd like to well, Maybe that. he'll pick the Christmas presents for him. Sure, sure, uh, but I, I don't like Joy Depp. I never have. Uh, so Fear and Loathing in the Log Vegas. I saw, the, I saw the kind of the spiritual sequel in theaters because someone wanted to see it. Oh, I heard it was awful. It was absolute garbage. And so, a, a, any possibility of me ever wanting to go back and watch? Why would you go see the sequel to a movie you hadn't seen? Oh, I didn't know it was a sequel. I didn't know until after I, after I saw it. Oh. And I think it's just a spiritual it's sequel. More about like a drunk or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like going around. Amber Heard was in it. Which is weird. Oh, that's why you went inside. No, no, no. I was dragged to it. Someone else wanted to see it because they, they cared about it. I, you know. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm not just that much of a horn dog. Amber Heard does not equal me being there. Um, I don't know. It was the first thing you brought up, so <laughs> that's why I thought. It's the only thing I remember. It, but that's the thing. The only reason why I remember it is because I remember just being uncomfortable because she's like 24 in the movie and he's like pushing 50. And they're like looking at each other and having sex and whatnot, and I'm like, eh, whatever. I just remember it being really dull. Um, but I, I also find this movie really dull, which I know is going to upset people. I know this movie is loved by people. I know Twelve Monkeys has got a fan base. I know people really. I mean, the memory of Twelve Monkeys is better than actual watching the film this time. <laughs> but it, I still don't think it's bad. I I think it's still worth watching. Oh, that's, and I think that's the, fair. The science fiction part of it and the time travel part of it still works really well in the story. No, that's that's fair. I, I think, you, like, I'm glad you're just not like in love with it, because it makes this easier to have my my conversation. Um, no. But it is it. I know people do love this though. I know Twelve Monkeys is a movie that gets brought up as a favorite by a lot of people, um, all the time. I see mm -hmm. it on the internet, and it's one of those ones where you know, for the most part, the movies that are brought up in the best of lists, I tend to at least really like them. If if not flat out agree that they should be held in that high regard, but this is just one of those. Mm. Every so often you find one where you just you don't click with it. And Twelve Monkeys is just what that for me. I just don't get it. Like I understand the movie. I'm saying I just don't get the love. I don't get the passion. I don't get the like, you know. It's got a very unique style. Which I I, I can praise it for that. But this is the thing with the unique styles, and I'll always take a unique style over no style at all every single time. Mm -hmm. But the thing with a unique style is, is that it'll be very divisive. It'll be, it'll work. It'll really work for some people, but it will not work at all for other people. Um, I wish, I wish he had leaned in a bit more on the style. Mm. I just went, like the whole film was more. Maybe that's the problem. Either, either more of that style, more extreme, or more toned down. Yeah, maybe that's my problem though. Maybe it's not that I dislike the the weirder elements. Maybe I just don't think that it leans into them enough, so it clashes with what is a fairly typical, otherwise plot of you know, like him with this woman, like looking for clues. Like it's you know, like and I guess that's the other thing is the actual mystery of the movie. I never found that compelling. I guess, but you know, like you know, what is the twelve monkeys? What is the army of the twelve monkeys? I was never like curious or like oh try to put the pieces together because I, I don't think it presents it in a way where it's not like a good mystery movie where it gives you like pieces and like clues and you try to like piece it together everything it gives you is so out of context that you kind of just have to go with what the character's saying as, as you're going through the movie kind of thing i guess i remember the movie being like a really fun rewatch after you got all the pieces together and then you can rewatch it and see them all fall into place I'd have to watch it again while I still remember it to, to prove or disprove <laughs> that. And I don't think I want to. 
<laughs> Joe, you know Joe, it's funny. A couple of weeks, well, not a couple of weeks ago, last week, we recorded the bonus episode, which I've already went up now uh, for Leviathan, and I was, I was poking fun at Tara because she delayed the recording a couple of times and I had to watch the movie twice because it had been like a week and a half and I felt like, no, I have to watch this again so I can talk about it properly. And I was actually... Still holding on to it, I see. No, I'm not. I, I said I was sorry. Amends have been made. <laughs> I have accepted apologies. We, we are in a good place. But there was a thought that crossed my mind about halfway through this movie because I, I checked like, how, far, how much was left and I couldn't believe it was still an hour and I went, if she makes me watch this a second time, I am going to kill her. <laughs> I think this movie would do well with a rewatch. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Alright. Um, I'm good. I've done my time. I've done my time with it. And we could, we're here to talk about it. We could talk about it. And cool. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, was there anything else a spoiler free you want to talk about? Uh, cinematography, um, music. The score is pretty unusual. Yeah, music, yeah. Um... Yeah. I don't know if I like it, but it's unusual. It's unusual. It brings in some, some obviously source music here or there. Uh, you know, there's a one point where he hears, uh, you know, Wonderful World. You know, Leo Armstrong mm-hmm. playing, and he's all like, "Oh, I like this," uh, and things like that, because he's never really heard music before. Uh, at least Pretty cliche. Not like that. Uh, that's a bit cliche. I don't really mind that though. I, I, this is fine. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of wish that Michael Bean was cast instead of Bruce Willis. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> because of, because of the obvious Terminator parallels, or yeah, I think he would bring a lot more. Like when he is excited to breathe the clean air, I believe him. Sure. Yeah. With with uh with Bruce Willis, it's like he forgets that the air is clean until like the halfway through the movie. Yeah. Like he's already been there for. 20 hours and then he's like oh yeah clean air i like it here yeah i, I think i actually think this is a movie that suffers from having stars and it's like roles like i say I, I think brad pitt's role would be better with someone else who i didn't know i think Bruce no, Willis... i like brad pitt i think i'll i'll defend him in this i think his choice is based on the the director like the the tone that he thought the movie was going to be in and like half the movie was in but not the scenes from the 90s which are the ones that he's in <laughs> yes that's a, that's a fair point i yeah i mean ultimately maybe this just boils down to me not not jiving with the director and mm. that's just something i have to accept it's not that's not something i can critique necessarily I, i'm trying my best i'm trying my best to put my finger on it i think maybe I think ultimately it's just missing the emotional connection I need to really care about what's going on. And because of that, it feels like the movie's plodding along. And the quirkiness, which maybe just doesn't go too far, or doesn't go far enough to actually feel like the whole movie's quirky, uh, hurts the tone shifts for me. and just just, It leaves me feeling a little bit alienated from the whole thing. Uh, Yeah. Which is when you start browsing things. It it seems like a good practiced student film for his next big one. (laughs) <laughs> Which, I don't know what was it probably was fear and loving. Um, no, I think that was before this because this was nineteen ninety five. Wasn't uh, fear and loathing before that? I don't remember. Okay, I think it was before that. I don't I know what he did after this. Skin. I feel like most of the big Gillian movies I can name are all before this. Because Brazil was the eighties and Time Bandits was the eighties, I think. 
I don't know. I, I really I'm not familiar with his work. All right, I, I think we go into spoilers so we can talk about the plot and uh, dive dive in. Uh, so before we do that though, Tara, why don't you tell everyone at home about the Patreons? Uh, yeah. If you want to support the channel, you like our reviews, you can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar per month and you get bonus episodes, which we've already mentioned one of, I think, Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what we talked about. And uh, there's a whole back catalog of other ones you can check out, like Trancers, Judge Dredd, the, the one with uh, Stallone in it. <laughs> we important, haven't done the good one yet important distinction yeah the good one won't be a bonus episode the good one will get a full episode right right <laughs> so yeah check it out hmm. I can't believe you didn't say Time Cop you forgot your last Time Cop <laughs> I still can't believe that's a bonus episode that should have been a, <laughs> a regular one <laughs> hey I like Time Cop better than 12 Monkeys so I'm not going to argue with you <laughs> uh, yeah I mean, one's clearly a superior film. <laughs> oh, we're making worthy 12, of criteria. Twelve Monkeys fans are so angry right now at us. <laughs> should we, we should make our submission to Criterion. Yes, there's Jean Claude Van Damme classic Criterion. I think it's deserving of the deluxe treatment, don't you? To this special edition, get Van Damme in to do a, oh, yeah. a commentary track. <laughs> All right, time for spoilers, and you might have noticed that we look a little bit different if you're watching the video version, because it is the next day, it is the next evening, because despite all of our, like, hey, Discord's so much better, because we, I said that weird, Discord, Discord is so much better because the sound quality is clearer and Tara sounds way better over it, uh, it completely mm-hmm. crapped itself right as we were starting the spoilers, and it started getting choppy, and parts of the audio started cutting out, and we couldn't get it to work properly again last night, so... Here we are. We're doing it again. <laughs> again. We, had, I mean, we didn't do too much of this, but we did like five minutes maybe tops of the spoilers. So Right, and it was all choppy, so it yeah. wasn't usable. But uh, luckily, the spoiler section is a neat break, and we can start from here uh, on night two. Uh, is this the first time I've had to record this one episode over two sessions? I think it is. I think so. Seems like it is. So, yeah. Um... Where to begin then? Uh, Joe, it's funny. I remember being in such like a bitter mood by the time we got to spoilers because I was complaining how much I disliked the film. But because we've not done that now before this part, I'm actually in quite a good mood. Oh yeah, a little reset for yourself too. Little reset. Um, so how uh, <laughs> did this film start again? We're in the future, and and Bruce Willis is a prisoner, and he's he you know quote unquote volunteers, and is told to go back to 1990, which he does. And I thought it was interesting that we don't actually see his arrival we, we you know we cut to a police station and we see him after he's already been arrested because apparently like time traveling has made him kind of loopy and like crazy and you know disorientated for the at least the first little while as his mind's adjusting to the fact that he's traveled through time mm-hmm. yeah i think the scientists say that most people can't handle the the, the trip yeah which is a, a trope we've seen before absolutely yeah um what's interesting though because i'm looking forward to talking about leisure tea at the end of this because i think there's some things this movie doesn't bother trying to tackle that, that short film does, um, you know, or at least in greater detail, where it felt like more of a like a, an important beat, like th- like this idea here that not everyone can go back, it won't work for everyone. The short film actually kind of like really uses that as a plot point and kind of tries to use sure. it to, uh, you know. But we'll get into that when we can talk about that. But yeah, so uh, we meet the therapist. Uh, we meet um, 
uh, Stowe's character Catherine and she uh, takes him to the mental hospital and that's where we meet Brad Pitt and we get a lot of crazy dialogue there's some stuff here that's set up for later like uh, you know you know at one point Bruce Willis is sitting there and he he's talking he's looking up at the TV and he's like oh this plant's kind of a shithole like maybe everyone does deserve to be wiped out with a with a virus uh kind of thing and yeah because he's watching the tv and they're talking about animal cruelty yes in fact actually wasn't that what was the it was i think it was later on there was a car with a license plate or like it was a sticker on the back of the car it was like mm-hmm. vegan mobile or, something, or veggie mobile or something like that um, yeah something like that and i, I, I didn't catch them all yeah i, I laughed at that because obviously i thought oh, you yeah. <laughs> Wait a uh, second. I drive the vegan mobile. <laughs> what is it? A big carrot with wheels? Like, what was the vegan mobile? <laughs> it looks like the Oscar Mayer Wiener dog, but the Wiener's made of tofu. Okay. Okay. I'm almost imagining. Did you ever watch Wacky Races as a kid, the cartoon? No. No. Well, I, I'm imagining like, like, uh, like vegan wars, and it's like all the cars are all different vegetables. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so yeah, the I was potato into, uh, would win. The what would win? The potato would win. The potato vehicle. I a potato is the best vegetable. I agree, one hundred percent. I I have it more than any other vegetable by far. <laughs> I have it with so many <laughs> things. It's great. <laughs> Potatoes are wonderful. So. I'm not a big fan of this part of the movie, largely because I feel like it goes on too long where he's in the hospital and there's a lot of like talk, there's a lot of like Brad Pitt with Dutch angles and him sort of like doing like facial tics and like just kind of talking nonsense and running around with his ass out and like when we go, when we actually get to the interesting scenes where Bruce Willis is sitting with the, it's like the lineup of therapists, right, and doctors who are at a table and mm-hmm. he's trying to prove to them that he's not crazy but he starts talking about the army of the 12 monkeys and that he's back in time so that, so that he can find out where it yeah. came from so scientists can come back and study it and then figure a cure and blah 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 like, I think what's frustrating about some of the scenes like this for me and maybe it's because I'm like someone who's watched a lot of science fiction or maybe, or maybe it's not maybe it's just because it's the obvious place it's going to go is that it's frustrating to me that right away I know he's going to sound crazy, and they're going to think he's even more crazy than he walked, you know, when they, when he first walked in. But we go through the motions of him like trying to like t- explain each detail as if that's going to help. Um, and I, I I do have to ponder the question. At no point, at no point for Cole's character did he consider the possibility that he would have to kind of lie a little bit and not tell everyone why he's in nineteen ninety six or nineteen ninety by accident in this case. Well, he's just trying to get gather information because. It really doesn't matter that much that he's in the mental hospital. All he wants to know is information about the 12 monkeys. Sure. So he's going to ask the people or whoever's around him to, like, have you heard of these guys? Like, clearly they were a big deal at some point. Do, do you think, though, that his plan would go better if they didn't just think he was crazy? You know, they'd actually give him answers kind of thing. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But I, I could see him, like he does get there eventually right like by his third trip or something he's he's lying he's saying i'm not crazy i'm i i know now that this is what i need to do or how i need to think in order to to be in this world yeah he, in the he, beginning, like he's just he's on a mission and i think he he doesn't know what his setup is he doesn't know anything other than he's supposed to gather information at first yeah, he tries to escape at one point uh, with the help of Brad Pitt, 
and gets caught. They put him in like, the, the the heavy restraints in like this room. There's just one bed with restraints, but he disappears and goes back to present day future time. And after eating a spider, after eating a spider, which they wanted for uh, you know a sample so they could do some sciencey things on it. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you can see it's the same type of spider that he grabbed from the um, the future mm. as well when he went out on the surface. It's the same type of gnarly looking spider. Yeah, pr- pr- not, I mean, I don't want to eat any spiders, but I definitely, you know, this one looks particularly nasty. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, no, no one wants to eat spiders. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I heard that there is a some place in like South America that eats tarantulas. It was a trivia question. Whoa! This week, <laughs> they eat like giant tarantulas. Whoa! That's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I hope that's not one of those things where it's a delicacy if you do it when they're alive, because I feel like that's just asking for trouble. <laughs> Aww, don't do that to the poor spiders. <laughs> the poor spiders. Uh, I have the thing against spiders; they don't bother me. Snakes bother me. Spiders, eh, they're fine. Whatever. I don't like cockroaches, but I also don't like killing them. That's fair. Um, never encountered a cockroach myself, but I don't imagine I'd be too fond of them. <laughs> I mean, it's cockroach. <laughs> Cockroaches and I have a uh, history. Flashback time. I'm doing the hand wave for the flashback. Yeah. Flashback to my very first apartment where <laughs> it was just me and a thousand cockroaches that I could never get rid of. And I kept like buying the at-home kits to like get rid of the cockroaches, and I would like set the bombs off while I went to work. <laughs> and then I would come back, and they would still be there. They lived through everything. And I probably... <laughs> got a healthy dose of like roach poisoning myself which is why i'm not too bright now <laughs> <laughs> probably the exact same cockroach is still there to this day uh probably but they always say that they'll survive a nuclear bomb so i mean i don't know why why yeah, of course they'll survive a roach bomb yeah yeah <laughs> yeah maddening but yeah so he goes back to the future and they're like shocked to learn that he went to 1990 that they'd made a mistake and sent him to the wrong time and there's kind of a, almost like a jokey moment where, like, okay, we've got it correct this time. You're going to 1996, the year we wanted you to. You're all ready to go, and they send them send them through, and he wakes up in the trenches of like World War One. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, but it's naked yeah, as well. He immediately uh, gets shot. He immediately gets shot in the leg. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, that was a funny cut, and then it cuts to 1996, and Catherine is now like you know doing like a book reading she's at like a museum or something like that and she's talking about her theories of like you know mass delusion and the idea of apocalyptic visions of the future and talks about oh there was you know there's this suspect like in world war one who appeared and was like everyone thought he was crazy because he said he was from the future so they tied him to a bed but he mysteriously disappeared um and presumably at some point in her book also mentioned the guy that she met (laughs) cole who disappeared from the mental hospital and this is where we're introduced to um another character here who's kind of important in the in the long run um let me just scroll down this is annoyingly this is in the order of appearance uh, david morsey's character dr peters uh mm-hmm. who's got like a ginger ponytail in this which is weird because i'm used to this i've seen this actor in a bunch of stuff in fact it just popped up in the deuce this past week uh so yeah i think he's mostly known for television because i think my mother used to watch a show with him was he insane elsewhere Oh, you could have been. I don't know. I've never seen it. All I can tell you. Face. All I can tell you about Saint Elsewhere is how it ended. 
yeah but the snow globe and tommy wessel and the, the connected universe <laughs> of everything uh, uh but you know some interest to him so it's like okay he i mean he's not like a huge star but as soon as he pops up it's like well he has to be more notable than just a one scene little cameo i don't know if he was really notable at the time i think christopher Plummer is way more notable than he is who's also in there later um yeah he, he ends up turning out to be brad pitt's father and I, what i think is really impressive about this is that i can't believe they went to the effort to cg in christopher Plummer in 2017 and take out kevin spacey because it's, that's a lot of work mm -hmm. this was originally kevin spacey okay what that's a fine joke oh yeah okay all right sorry i'm sure someone in the audience appreciated that joke all right <laughs> <coughs> I like the idea of watching every movie Christopher Plummer's in and just sort of like, oh, I wonder what it was like when Kevin Spacey was in this before they changed it. <laughs> Do you think he played General Chang from the uh, Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey with an eye patch bolted to his skull? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I, I think that was secretly Christopher... Putting uh, Shakespeare in Klingon? That was, that was Kevin Spacey originally, yeah. And then they had to go back mm. and digitally put in Christopher Plummer. That, that's Christopher that's Plummer's job now. He just he just goes into a room and like green screens all of Kevin Spacey's old movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I might watch American Beauty again if they do it. Yeah, that's the one. Like All the other movies Kevin Spacey's in, I, like I can still watch. I'm fine, whatever. But American Beauty is just so close to the subject that it's like, nah. It's a little weird. Yeah. Like, Kevin Spacey kind of wants to have sex with a teenager. Where did they come up with these ideas? That's, that would never happen. Oh, look, we've changed clothes again. Isn't that f funny? Uh, <laughs> for the second time in this review. Also, it's daylight uh, in Tara right now. She looks so different. Hey, we, we sort of have become a time travel pod podcast, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, we've traveled in time twice, apparently, in this episode. So Discord <laughs> kept giving us more issues to the point where it was unusable. We actually tried recording the, the bit we're about to start, the, the start of this next part of the plot. We tried recording that like three or four times yesterday. And having it, by the time the last, we did the last take of it, to th hoping that it would hold, I was so angry about having to do it again that I just sounded like I hated everything with every word I said. <laughs> so we made the choice to come back and just finish it on Skype. So there was a slight dipping audio quality on Tara's end. Apologies for that. It's annoying. We tried to avoid it. But clearly, say what you want about Skype, it's a lot more reliable most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. It's not we've never had an issue, but most of the time it's fine. So I'm just explaining why we're in different clothes at a different time of day again. So... Also, Tara's up far too loud. <laughs> I'm just going to fix her. She's not said much yet, though, so that's okay. Um, I haven't, no. Oh, no, actually, you're not up too loud. You're, I, I was on Skype before, it's fine. I'm second-guessing myself. I'm too nervous because things have went wrong. Anyway. <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. You're a host. Bruce Willis holds Catherine at gunpoint at her car after this talk, after this talk about her theory about apocalyptic visions of the future. And he forces her by gunpoint, or... Does he actually have a gun at this point? He does, doesn't he? Well, he says he does. He says he does. Yeah, he gets one later from someone else, mm -hmm. from from uh, uh, the potential uh, rapist. More on that scene uh, when we we get there. Uh, you're like, yeah, what's that doing in this movie? Yeah, same with the pimp scene. We'll get to that too. So they're in the car, and that th this part of the movie where they're together and she's been taken against her will. A lot of it is kind of the the core story of the movie where 
a lot of things are set up here for her to then believe him later, uh, such as like finding the bullet and like kind of like doing a little bit of light operation in the woods reveals this really old looking bullet that you know takes her a little bit off guard. Um, although now I don't know how much that much about guns really, but I do. Is there a mistake here where that's not really how it would look if it was pulled out of him? Because that looked more like a shell than it did about like an actual bullet. <laughs> It does, but I don't really know it very much about guns. That that said, though, it's a really big one, so I don't know if like the really big like rifle bullets would still look like bullets. Yeah, maybe. You know, whereas like a, a regular bullet, like it tends to look like it's you know hits something. You know, and it's mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was just it's like a, whereas the actual thing that you think of the shape of a bullet is actually the shell that ejects when you fire the gun. Anyway, the, anyway, but as well as things where I don't really know enough about it to actually point out when it's right and when it's wrong. I, I just like I think about it sometimes when I'm presented with a moment like this um it's something that always bugged me in like smallville whenever they did like a slow motion scene of a gun firing and the bullets like coming towards clark and he's doing his slow motion matrixy like dodge and thing <laughs> and the bullets always look like bullets with the casing still on them I'm like no no it just fired out the gun like this is not how a bullet looks once it's been fired anyway uh, so you know so we have that and obviously that later on leads to her like actually when she hears from like the, the cop who later on examines the bullet that hey that bullet came from like world war one era time she looks at her like photographs and finds like a photo of bruce willis like mm-hmm. you know naked in the background of one of the photos so yeah. that, that was the, the the real proof but that came after the proof of the news story where there's this like, ongoing thing in the radio where there's a kid who's trapped down a well and Bruce Wells is like, oh, I remember this when I was a kid. It's, it's not real. He's It's a hoax. He's hiding in a barn somewhere. And then again, later on, after he's disappeared again, sure enough, it comes up saying that he was hiding in a barn. And that's kind of the first time where she's like, you know, because I think the first real moment of doubt is when he disappears again, because he was like right mm-hmm. there behind her and he disappears. And then she hears the news story and she's like, whoa, that's weird. And then she hears this about the bullet, looks up the photo and it's like, shit, I believe him. I believe he's from the yeah. future. And he's been time yeah. traveling. Sure, it's convenient that she also was studying World War One and had that photo. <laughs> well, to be fair, I just hit my hand off the desk. <laughs> to be fair, um, I think she was only studying it because she'd heard about this guy who disappeared, and that's why she was studying that specific thing. Because it was her book she looked at. It was a photo in her own book that yeah, she'd written. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then she had the original photo up in her in her office that she went to pull down. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Maybe I missed that. Maybe she was... I thought she was studying apocalyptic visions. But I guess she was looking into it because of people who randomly disappear? No, because remember, she, when she when she was at the seminar thing, uh, talking about it, uh, she said that this guy who disappeared when he was put in restraints is because he was claiming he was from the future. So there was, like, details of the post-apocalyptic future thing in the story that she was studying. It mm-hmm. wasn't just... He disappeared. So maybe she got the idea to study people who claim they were from the future after working with Cole in the insane asylum. Oh yeah, I think so. And I love how you're you're ending your sentences <laughs> like when I'm just a couple of seconds away from being back on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I was dealing it's with a cat. Fun. There was a feline-related incident <laughs> over there. I had to deal with it. Yeah, um, it's been fun. But yeah, I, I think the idea is that um, he, uh, yeah, she, she. Like, after Cole disappeared in 1990, uh, that inspired her to look into this as like a, a specific topic and study. And that led to this research of this guy who disappeared in World War One. And of course, the, this big moment here, she's like, oh shit, it's the same guy. <laughs> like, Cole, Cole went back in time to 19... Did you, you think know, about 17. that Twilight Zone episode that we watched? Where the guy was who lives forever 
oh, was yeah, busted yeah. because he was in a history book in a photo <laughs> in World War the, I, think. The something leaves of Walter Jameson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. popped into my head when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of moment, yeah. Um, no. Uh, so, no, like, I, I think so all the plot stuff is fine, and he takes the... She, she, he demands she, they go to, I think it's Philadelphia, because... He, that's where he thinks the the twelve army of the twelve monkeys are, and now it is nineteen ninety six. Now he's in the right place, and he uh, like he goes there. That they're looking around, and it feels like a very dodgy part of the city. There was a lot of homeless people around, and they go into like an abandoned like theater or something like that is, and of course they're just two... playing um, Hitchcock films. No, that's later. That's when they're actually in the theater watching something. Oh, you're right. This is like a like a like a play theater, like a classical mm. theater oh yeah yeah and they're up in the balcony because this is when two goons come in and try and attack them so they can they can rape her which mm. was a really this is like an era of filmmaking where they would put in like attempted rapes all the time like just casually is it, oh. beautiful woman let's rape her yeah <laughs> it's weird like and I get that, okay, we're dealing with, like, a seedy underbelly of, like, the city and stuff, but it just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, oh, there's a woman in town. Like, there's never, a, women never come to this part of town because I we're know. all crazy and dangerous, so. I wonder if this is where Tasha Yar is from. <laughs> <laughs> there's rape gangs everywhere. <laughs> that was a quality reference. If, you, if you've not been following me and Connor's Star Trek The Next Generation reviews... <laughs> Um, that was a quality reference to one of the episodes uh, in season one, where uh, Star Trek's not exactly a show with like edgy elements like that. But she, the character casually mentions at one point that she was she had to escape rape gangs on on the regular, and it was like, wait, what? <laughs> Did a character in Star Trek just say that? What? I know, rape gangs. <laughs> Is this Star Trek or like Zack Snyder's like Star Destroyers? What's the worst type of gang that we can think of? A rape gang. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, eighties. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. That's I a Roddenberry thing. I've, I mean, you'd have to go pretty depraved to get worse. <laughs> like, I'd really have to get inventive to go worse. Gang. A what gang? <laughs> a puppy killing gang. It's pretty bad. I, I don't think that's worse. Yeah, probably not. I don't think that's worse. I, I think you have to get to some really depraved... Not, not, I mean, obviously, what we're talking about is depraved, but, like, I think you have to get inventively sadistic to, to go worse than this. Anyway, anyway, this is a weird conversation to be having. I, I'm trying to talk weird creations from the 80s. Um, so, they... So, yeah, so, so, Cole fights them off, though, and uh, takes their gun, which is how he gets a gun. And... Like I I don't know like is this like their one attempt really to try and make his like light Cole because he's kind of the hero in this scene despite the fact that he's kind of kidnapped her and he's kind of forcing her to help him. Well, he does kill kill them and she gets pretty upset about it. I do like his line and of so dialogue. So even if we're supposed to like him because he mm. rescues her, she doesn't like him because he killed the homeless people. I do like her reaction to that that she's still like hey he still killed them that's kind of you know like extreme, but I do like yeah. his line here where he says. Well, all I see is not is dead people, which is actually kind of funny in the context of a movie know. that Did he's in a few years later. <laughs> it made me think of a certain film from Wait, 1999. You see dead people too? <laughs> but he's like, all I see are dead people. I like that line, this idea that I know, like, these people are all dead because of the apocalypse. Like, you know, they're all dead already to me. I don't care about it's them. True. Uh, so that was an interesting idea. And he's idea. not there to, to try to fix anything. He's just there to fix the future, not the past. If anything, though, so it's they're almost... all going to die no matter what he does. 
yeah, if anything, though, it's almost disappointing the movie didn't play with that more. This idea that he, from a moral perspective, doesn't care about collateral damage because to him they're all just dead people anyway. So, like, for anything, I, I would be surprised why he's not even just, like, you know, offing people left and right to get what he needs. Like, but he's not. This is the only time in the movie he really does it. Yeah, I guess that's true. So that, that may have been interesting if he, if he was willing to just do that a bit more. But, yeah. Well, maybe we are still meant to see him as a good guy. And, you know, these guys did try to rape her, so. Yeah, yeah. Again, I, you know, I complained about this when we talked about Terminator Salvation. I, I hate the cheap. Like, he saved someone from rape, therefore we must like him. You know, it's it's, it's a really cheap way. And to therefore make the woman must fall in love with him. Which she does, yes. Um... I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's not even the most ridiculous scene though in this section of the movie. They go to a, a seedy hotel, which rents out its rooms by the hour. So it's that kind of hotel. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's for it's for prostitutes and that kind of thing. And it's like thirty five dollars an hour. And she's like, an hour? Uh, like, yeah. And yeah, you see people walking, uh, couples who yeah. don't look like they should be together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously he Unless thinks there's money involved. Because again, maybe this is them trying to make make us think that he's he's nice. Is he kind of sticks up for her a little bit when he like the guy the guy the counter kind of like implies like that she's a prostitute or or whatever. And mm-hmm. the guy and Cole like, steps in and goes, "Hey, she's not that. She she's this. And she she's a th- she's my therapist. All right, damn it." And he's like, "Hey, whatever gets you off." And I'm like, "What you think this is his role playing? <laughs> the kink?" I mean, I suppose that that would be yeah. a, 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 a fantasy, the sexy therapist, sure, <laughs> whatever. It's weird to st- right. be... But he's role- really excited at the idea that there's a new girl. Yeah. Like, see if you're going to roleplay, though, would you do it in the, the lobby in front of, <laughs> in front of the, the guy? Maybe that makes it kinkier. I mean, this I guy's know. seen it all anyway, right? Yeah, that's sure, sure. He's probably seen some <laughs> depraved shit. He, he's, seen, he's seen stuff that would give most of his PTSD, probably. Oh yeah, nightmare fuel. Yeah, r- r- room number seven is the 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 room for the water sports, which the he never goes in there. He just he sends in like a fumigation crew once once a week. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> but it's a lot of politicians. <laughs> they call it the political suite. <laughs> Would you like the Oval Office or? <laughs> oh. Oh, do you know what? I love the idea that like for most people being threatened to be pissed on is a threat right you know it's, it's like oh what what are you there but I love the idea that, that there's that select few where if you threaten them with that they're like oh that would be a shame please don't do that <laughs> oh no I hate that <laughs> oh no how can, can I survive <laughs> anyway so they go up to the room and they're just talking about what to do next and she's trying to help him. And out of nowhere, this guy walks in with this ridiculous hat. He's a pimp. And he's like, hey, bitch, this is my territory. How dare you try and sling And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. There's been a misunderstanding. She tries to just explain to him calmly that she's not a prostitute. And she's not trying to take his territory. And he just punches her in the face. He hooks her. What is it with us watching movies with men punching women in the face? We just did Leviathan for the bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Le- Leviathan was kind of a joy to watch. Yeah, that was a this funny was moment. Like, yeah. Whoa! Yeah, th- th- this was like 
Do you know what's weird about this though? Is this this was not a funny moment? This was like uh, it, it was it should yeah, it was be a... clearly being played for for laughs, but it seems very. It seems like it's in the wrong world. Yeah, it's it's almost like the tone like like jars with it, so it doesn't quite mm-hmm. work. It feels like you're trying to make light out of like a really serious moment, and the pimp character is really over the top and he's overacting. He's one of these because I remember at the start of the review, I think you I mean, we did this like two days ago, but I think at the start of the review <laughs> you said something about how all the side characters were sort of overacting and harder to yeah. take seriously, and the pimp is definitely one of those characters. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so Bruce Willis fights him and whatever get you to get away uh, and obviously the police are looking for him in fact there's, there's a point uh not yet actually it's when he comes back but so so they're looking for uh like the army of 12 monkeys and they find these three people who who it turns out because they tie them up and this is maybe the, one of the first signs as well for for catherine that, that there's something real happening because these three guys seem mm-hmm. to know what he's talking about uh, to some extent because that oh, i say three guys it was like two guys and a girl but um they're talking about uh, some of the stuff that he's been kind of talking about, and they bring up uh, uh, Brad Pitt's character, who's kind of the, the leader, and it's like, oh, oh, the 12 monkeys, like, you know, we need to go and find him. So it leads to them going to the mansion, and this is where Christopher Plummer, like, lives, and, like, his son's Brad Pitt, and, you know, they capture Cole in the way, and he, try, he tries to sneak in, and eventually he just says he's there to see him, and Brad Pitt comes to see him, and calls like try to talk to him and it turns out brad pitt basically says yeah it was your idea it was your idea man it was your idea to like do this like you know mm-hmm. you, you said that all these people don't deserve to live and you said there should be a virus and it tries to it plays with the idea that he might have inadvertently caused the apocalypse because he's inspired this this crazy guy to unleash the virus because it's basically his dad who's like a, a pharmacist is working on stuff and a chemist and him and david morse are doing tests with these these strains and bacteria and whatever whatever and the idea is that Brad Pitt might be stealing it to release the virus, and that's why it spreads. So if he get the idea from Bruce Willis, it means that you know, inadvertently they caused the apocalypse by sending him back. It's this weird cyclical thing. They're doing almost a Terminator, uh, right? Yeah. Idea. Yeah, and that's a that's a fun reveal, and it's also a pretty decent red herring, I think. Yeah, yeah, because obviously it's revealed later that that's not true. And I do actually, it's funny, I actually like the reveal that this was a red herring more than I like the idea. Like, like the idea's fine, like obviously I like that kind of thing, but I, mm-hmm. I think the, the the sort of fun nature of when you find out all they're actually doing is, is they're wanting to release all the animals from the zoo. So, so we get these shots of like giraffes walking down the highway and like, it's kind of a sweet moment. Yeah. It's just a an animal liberation Yeah, that's all the 12 monkeys are. Yeah, And they were successful at it, that's why they had all the signs saying we did it. <laughs> yeah uh so yeah so you realize that they're not actually that dangerous you know they do kidnap brad pitt's father but it doesn't look like they actually do it they just have him sort of held they do captive. set out a lion they do okay true that, that might have hurt someone yeah sure, okay <laughs> reckless sure but they're not necessarily like we want to commit genocide levels of evil yeah you know mm-hmm. so um but you know i after, do like <laughs> the idea of brad pitt's character being um so insane that to a lot of people they think he's a genius and could mm. follow him. He has a bit of like a Manson vibe going on, I think. Oh, I hate his ponytail. See, that's part of the movie. He's, po- he's in that tuxedo and he's got a ponytail. Oh my mm-hmm. God, he looks so stupid. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's another time, but like, <laughs> I don't like 80s fashion either. Or what? I know this is 90s, but like. <laughs> it's literally, it's 95. It's literally the middle of the 90s. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like yeah. I'm saying, I don't really like old fashioned either from the, those eras. 
<laughs> some fashion holds up from those eras. Some some people look alright. I mean, suits always look fine. There's definitely still, even though I think a lot of styles from like the eighties and seventies is date have dated really badly. There's definitely still sometimes where I'll, like I'll, you know an actress will catch my eye, but you know what? That look still works. I'm still into this. Mm, yeah, maybe. <laughs> And to be fair, I think women's fashion and like hairstyles and stuff have changed a lot more dramatically. I think as a whole than men's, because because men are typically pretty boring. They wear a suit. Different hairstyles have changed a bit. Yeah, I don't think we'll look fondly on the man bun in the future. <laughs> I don't look fondly on it now. <laughs> Do you? Uh, sometimes it works, but it has to match the personality. What douchebag? <laughs> that could work sometimes. <laughs> it works on Joseph's seed. Okay. All right. <laughs> so don't start acting like a douchebag and getting a man bun just yet. Okay. All right. Men, calm down. It's not like a secret ingredient. <laughs> no, I mean, it's fashion. It's your own look. Do what you want to do. Okay, men. Just don't try to cover up bald. That's always a mistake. I feel attacked right now. Are you trying to cover up your bald? No, but like well, you're not really bald. Well, it's you know it's 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 it's, 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 it's got a shape to it. There's a hairline. That's not where it used to be. Um, uh, well, this is the thing though. My my hair, like I wouldn't describe my hair as fashion though. My my hair is just what it is, and it gets cut, and then it, that's it. There's no style. There's no nothing happening to it. I don't do anything to it to make it look different than what it is. Mm -hmm. arguably i can't because you know it's just because of the way it is but like i don't know fashion is not something i think about when it comes to well even getting dressed i just put on what's comfortable and go 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 for it but you think about it in movies i think about it in movies because yes because characters are supposed to be dressed in certain ways um (laughs) this had to be like around the time of interview with the vampire also he had long hair for that I think it was a couple of years before this. I think that, wasn't that the movie that kind of made him a, like a star star? Because he was in mm. filming Louise at the start of the nineties, uh, but he only had like a small role in that. I think it was an Interview with a Vampire that kind of shot him into, you know, superstar Brad Pitt kind of thing. Mm, maybe. Um, yeah, they probably were before this. Yeah, you know what's funny? I, I don't actually think I like a lot of Brad Pitt stuff from. Like his, I mean, I like Seven, obviously, because Seven's great, but um, I think I actually like him working with like, Tarantino and stuff more. I, th- I think I like confident middle-aged Brad Pitt a bit more than I do young, hot Brad Pitt, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I, I liked... Um, I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith recently. It was on TV, and I just kind of started watching it. I'm like, this is really good. <laughs> hmm. It's a really fun movie. and I saw it once. Was- uh, I don't think I like Angelina Jolie, so I don't think I like that movie that much because of that, but... Oh. I had no problem with him, for sure. You really don't like her? I don't know, like, hate her, but, like, she's... I can't think of anything I've seen her in where I've, like, I like her in this. Really? Oh. What what options do I have? I think she's a movie star. The Tomb Raider (laughs) movies? Whenever she's in something, I'm like, I like her, I'll go see it. I don't really care about Maleficent, it's not my sort of thing. (laughs) I never saw it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's a shame? Like, name a couple of Angelina Jolie movies. I liked Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The, are the ones we already uh, mentioned. <laughs> uh, what was the um, Girl Interrupted? Oh, I never saw that. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think she might have been nominated for an Oscar for that one. 
maybe. Even one. Did, um, did you win? <laughs> you might have won. <laughs> we should <then. laughs> Maybe we should win. I yeah yeah. I don't really hold anything. It's it's not like because there's definitely actors who actively annoy me, and I think I think we maybe earlier on in this. No, is we it didn't. The actors, a... or is it the tabloids? No, it's the actors. Like, cause like okay. I, this was actually this wasn't on a show, but we were having a conversation about Johnny Depp recently, and I've always just disliked Johnny Depp. There's something about Johnny Depp that just pisses me off, and I don't like him. Um, you know, and yes, that includes stuff like Edward Scissorhands. I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I despise that movie. I'm aware. Um and yeah i don't, I don't think there's such a, a such a thing as uh a good johnny depp led movie i say led because i like name on elm street <laughs> so I'm, I'm being specific with my wording here <laughs> no comment i suspect that will change one day uh-huh uh-huh yeah tara's working very hard behind the scenes to get me to watch something i'm i'm i'm, I'm not going down with that fight uh i'll say that much <laughs> I'll say that much. I have another cat-related thing to get, go, go let the cat out. Why don't you talk about how after Bruce Willis uh, looks like he's trying to kill Brad Pitt, just runs away, and uh, the scene with him and Catherine in the, the forest after. Oh, yeah, I have to really remember the scene, but uh, I think he gets they get to a river, and he admits to her he didn't really have a gun the whole time. Oh, no, no. No, because he, he dropped locked it. her in a trunk. Yes, because he because he dropped it on the way in because <laughs> he was because when, so, when he was rolling rolling under like a car to get into the mansion, he just let it was just it was just conveniently dropped out of his pocket onto the ground. That's right. Okay. But yeah, she's in a trunk, and so yeah, so he lets her out of the trunk, and she's <laughs> this not is right after she's like sort of fallen in love with him too. Yeah, can I just can I just mention here? Like, I just I tip to all the guys out there try to court ladies. Is that because I've made this mistake myself in the past? Is that women don't typically like being in a trunk? So, um, <laughs> don't do that. There's, there was a really good joke. I don't remember who said it or what comedian said it about um, whether or not you should have a wife or a dog, because if you if you put both your wife and your dog in the trunk. Which one's going to be happy to see you when you open the trunk back up? <laughs> 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 He's a dog person. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, oh, solid joke. Um, so he, she, well, the police are showing up though, but he disappears because he's he's basically at this point starting to think that maybe he is crazy, that maybe he maybe maybe she is right and this is a delusion, and he's actually like I love the air, I love the sun, I love you know throwing you know running water, and he's like in the, the little river, uh, and I say a little because it is literally like a really shallow like, like running a creek. yeah, yeah it's, like... it's a little yeah, um, because you know it's up to he's he's like shin maybe like it's not it's not like a, a tall. Uh, tall you don't call it tall river a deep river <laughs> right um tall river uh so no uh he disappears because she turns around he basically batmans out the scene and what i like about it is we don't see him disappearing either but we do see like some ripples in the water as if he was just there it's like a nice little touch just to make it feel right yeah so it's like yeah he just literally vanished yeah <laughs> and he's back and he's back in the future and like, oh, you did such a good job. And it's again, I hate all these close-ups of these wacky scientists. Like, you did such a good job. 
you did it was very good you get your pardon it it plays like a like one of those like weird dream sequences where everyone's like really like in your face all the time like it really has that kind of vibe to it yeah uh, yeah and he's like you're not real you're not real i'm crazy you're not real so he's starting to believe that maybe he like you know he started to become accustomed to 1996 and you know like the, the world before the apocalypse and he wants to be there now and for me that i think this is why this movie ultimately fails for me is that i think the emotional tether of him starting to love the world and love, love catherine in the 90s before the apocalypse never feels real enough to me for me to like buy into it and care about the fact that he really wants to be there now um it just kind of feels like the obvious thing to do it should next. though right because it's, it should because to go from a place where you have to live underground to all of a sudden having birds and trees and do, sunshine do you know what the problem is like, though is that it shouldn't you, take very much to want to be like i think i would stay here it's, it's even how, if it means death in like six years or whatever uh, one year as technically in the one year by yeah. that time yeah uh, but the thing is though is that he takes so long in the movie before he ever actually acknowledges that he you know he cares about the world in the way it is like now in 1996 like he never like, he's, he's mentioned it. He mentioned the air being clean and how much he liked breathing but it. That, but that was really late on, though. That was like after the bullet got taken out, I think, or even later. So, like, you know, it's a long time in the movie before he even, like, in- indicates that he's actually happy about his surroundings, that he's enjoying anything. Right. And it would have been nice to have seen more of it, even if he didn't have dialogue about it, just, like, breathing in slowly or listening to... You know, the sound yeah. of the insects or, and the beard, or, or birds and stuff. Tasting some chocolate or something. You know, just stuff that you wouldn't have in the future. Just all these little, little things that like, hey, this world ain't so bad. Maybe I want to stay here. Um, yeah. And I, I found... We never see him eat anything. <laughs> Except a spider. Except for a spider. <laughs> he does eat one thing. I thought he ate the spider because he. that's what he thinks food is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I explain it. They explain when it gets, but I'm sure we mentioned this earlier. This is a problem with doing like half of a review two days ago is that I've forgotten everything we said in the first uh, the first chunk. Uh, again, really haphazard review this week. It'll be back to normal next week, we promise. Um, yep. But we, uh, yeah, so from here, he wants to go back and he kind of make he begs them to go back because they're going to send someone else to like deal with the virus because now that they've found the 12 monkeys and they, they think it's like Brad Pitt that's behind it. And he's like, hey, I'm the most qualified. No one else has been back that long like I have. No one survived as long as I have in the past and knows people there. And like, that's true. He is the most qualified. And again, I'm, I'm doing that stupid voice because I hate how they speak. And I, I hate the quirkiness of all this shit. But he, they do send them back. But there is a portion of this film here where it's Catherine, like running around on her own, like trying to prove and like find, you know, find these people again. She spray paints the message on the window Um you know which is something that like he's kind of seen evidence of in the future and he does eventually appear he appears kind of because she, she goes to like uh like another uh one of the, the upper doctors that we met earlier on back in the uh the, the hospital phase of the, the film and she's like hey like how could he have known this how could he have known this about the, the barn and like the the photo and whatever like can you like what if the world really is about to hit an apocalypse in like you know next year and it's like, oh, how could he know that? No, you're sounding ludicrous, Catherine. You know, he's, he's you know, he's just kind of like poo-pooing her. Um, but he does appear on the street. He appears on the street corner, like right behind her after she spray painted this message. And he's back, and he's convinced the the scientist to let him go back because he's the right person for the mission. But as soon as he gets here, he wants to like like say, no, no, you're right. I was crazy. This was all fake. In fact, when she says, hey, the police will be looking for, you, he's like, oh, great. And he holds up his head, goes, hey, I'm right here. And she has to like pull down his hands. I did genuinely laugh at that. That was a joke that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go let a cat out. I'm glad you had some comedy. 
Well, also the last time we saw them together in at the little creek, she was waving down the the guards and saying, "We're here, we're here." And I, I mean, he was just jumping around in a creek, waiting to disappear. Wicked, yeah. But it's kind of like an op, a flip of what the scene we saw, the last we saw them together. Yeah, it makes it funnier. It makes it funnier that there's that little callback to it as well. So no, it's, uh, so that's fine. And like from here again, they kind of go on the run and. They're kind of looking into things, but partly they just want to escape at this point. And he's not—he's he, still kind of convinced he's crazy. It's not until uh, because because she has the idea, like, hey, remember? Because earlier in the film, in the in the the hospital portion, he wanted to call this phone number, right? He wanted to call this phone number that would just be an answering machine. But the idea is that he could leave a message, and this would be an answering machine that the, the in the future they have access to, so they would be able to listen mm-hmm. to this old message. So it turns out uh, in 1996, because he calls it in 1990, and it's like a just some random woman's phone number. Like she's got some kids, and she's trying to make dinner, and it's like, what? What are you talking about? Who is this? <laughs> and it's and he's like, he realizes, oh wait, no, it's the number will be something else in 1996. It's you know that this number that is now will be disconnected, then it'll be used elsewhere in 96 and Catherine tries it herself uh and phones this number and the way it starts to prove to him that he's not crazy and that this is all real is that she she says the message she left and then he's able to finish it because she because he heard it already in the future right and this is really like oh crap this is real there's going to actually be you know the apocalypse right. is happening. That's when we realized that his whole mission was for nothing. Mm. Yeah, because it seems like everything that was happening always happened. You know, it's just that kind of rule of time travel where everything was always going to happen. And it, yeah. it, it, it does play out that way, with the exception of maybe the very ending that kind of hints that maybe it can still be stopped. But it's very ambiguous. It kind of just leaves it open to interpretation. But... Um, I did like the small moment here where he turns around and there's like a stuffed bear in the window because it kind of it harkens back to the opening where he's out in the in the hazmat suit and there's an actual bear because mm-hmm. uh, all the animals still survive. It's only humans that have to go underground. The animals get yeah. to get to thrive, but uh, so they end up going to see Vertigo in a movie theater and they're really bonding by this point and uh, this gives them the idea to uh, you know dress up uh, like, and it's at this point I think because obviously throughout the film and I don't know how much we've mentioned this actually uh, up until now I think I mentioned it uh, maybe at the start but one of the key things in the film is that from the start the, the opening scene even is this scene in an airport uh, and it's like a flashback to when Cole was a child and he saw someone running and be shot someone was killed in front of him as a kid and uh we see like more glimpses of this dream later on and at one point bruce willis even says like oh there's like a woman here i think it was you you were there in that that dream but you look different you had different hair so obviously at this point when they get the inspiration mm-hmm. from vertigo uh and the vertical music actually plays as they're like in these disguises for the first time like she's got this blonde wig on and he's now got this wig on and a mustache and it's like like i mean i knew it was going anyway because a had seen it before and i've seen ledger t which we're going to talk about after this but like okay i think this is the point where it should click for most people that he probably saw himself die Like that's what this is building up to it's building up to the yeah. man he saw killed as a kid that's been ingrained in his head once the whole, we see her in the blonde wig and we've seen her in the dream with the blonde wig yeah. with blonde hair we're like oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> so you've seen yourself die it's inevitable that is the yeah. the crushing sound of inevitability what's that is that matrix <laughs> that's the matrix i just quoted we should watch that one. It's a sci-fi movie. Hey, they're doing a new one. We'll have a reason to do all three come 
like 2020 or 2021. Yeah, I guess all right. <laughs> <laughs> is that you? Looking forward di- to the first one. Is, yeah, is that you've been disappointed we have to wait or been disappointed that we have to watch Reloading Revolutions? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the latter. <laughs> I remember, I remember, even though I was at an age where I convinced myself to like everything when I saw Reloaded, I remember just sitting there during the rave sequence going, what is this? This <laughs> what, is weird. Why am I watching this? <laughs> what was this rave scene? That, the highway scene is really good. The chase. Uh, the highway scene, I remember, I think some of the effects, I, I bet you the effects have dated when we watch it though. I bet the CG does not hold up, but it, it was fun at the time. Maybe, but they did build like a highway to film that scene. Yeah, but because I remember even watching uh, just a few years later, I remember the scene with all the uh, Agent Smiths fighting Neo. I remember that looking really bad, even just a couple of years later. Wasn't that the third one? Maybe that's the second, second one. one. Yeah, uh, but they all look like PS2 characters. It's really quite something. It's hard to top a masterpiece, you know. <laughs> hey, the Ma- I, I don't know if I'm going to say ma- masterpiece, but it, it does get close. Ma- the Matrix is a really good movie. Um, it holds up. Sequels. Yeah. <laughs> we shall find out anyway we shall find out yes when we get to them uh so many good sci-fi still to do and we still have to talk about 12 monkeys and i know i'm upsetting people when i say that because some people love this movie and i get that you love this movie i i wish i i wish i could feel that connection i really do mm-hmm. uh, i like this movie you like it i don't think you love it though right no but if you had asked me before we reviewed 12 mm. monkeys if i loved it i would have said yeah i love 12 monkeys it's great but it's went down <laughs> Because the memory of the film was a lot better than the, the rewatch. Itself. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, sure enough, they end up at an airport, and there's a lot of little things here. Where like, you know, someone contacts him from the future because he he makes like a phone from a payphone uh, to the to the answering machine saying, "Hey, forget about the army of the twelve monkeys. It's not them." And this is after we have that scene where they're in the cab and they see the giraffes and they hear on the radio that this is what they've actually done. And they're like, "Oh wait, forget the twelve monkeys. It's not them. That was a false lead. Don't do that." Um, and you know this guy from the future shows up and gives him a gun and says you have to kill like you know the guy who's going to be because we basically there's a little scene where we see david morse uh at the the terminal he's, he's like buying his plane ticket or whatever and mm-hmm. he we get like a list of destinations and it matches a list of when the virus appeared and it's like oh shit it's right. him it's a uh, ginger ponytail david morse is actually the guy who <laughs> releases the virus and uh mm-hmm. what i thought was funny actually, there's a scene where he's going through security and like the, you know the airport security like say hey we have to look at this this case that you've got you've got vials in like because obviously i mean i don't know how strict it was in 1996 but you know liquids and things like that are a no-go you can't take liquids into the airport like you know past security uh that's just a strict no-go now no i think that was post 9-11 was that just a post but anyway because because they pull out these little you know these vials with test tubes inside it and like david was like hey we can open it if you want he's like oh that won't be necessary and i'm like anything could be in there <laughs> like because he's like it's orderless and he's like here guard smell it like kind of thing um yeah. so that, that so this guy's at least dead i mean that's <laughs> right we know the virus has been at least at least there at least there um but of course no stopping it now. he's on the run and you know like cole doesn't want to get involved but he, he sees him running and he has to try and stop him so he pulls out his gun and runs through security and in slow motion and you, you know what's happening you like you're hoping he can get the shot off before he gets shot himself but police shoot him he goes down and we get a scene where david morse is on the plane and the woman next to him is one of the scientists from the future uh mm-hmm. the sort of quirky one who just makes some small talk with him uh just implying that maybe the scientist can like still save it like maybe they're still going to stop him from doing what he's doing 
She says that she deals in insurance, which I thought was a key line. Mm. <laughs> because that means that she's there to... I didn't... I was either expecting the plane to explode or that... And if it didn't explode, then I think she's just there to get the virus to take it to the future. Sure, yeah. Um, not not do anything else but not in stop the current it. timeline. Yeah, just, just take it to the future. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. It's probably just to get to the future rather than a hopeful thing where maybe she could stop it. But, um, well, just... well, it's already been unleashed at least one city in New York, so or Philly, wherever they are. Yeah, which which is a really sad ending when you think about it. Like, no, the apocalypse is still going to happen, and our main character's been killed, and you know the little boy version sees him killed, and you know the final shot of the movie is just a little boy version of Cole looking up at the plane in wonderment, and like it fades to black. Like, that's the end of the movie. It's a really yep. sad story, <laughs> and always. And I wish I liked yep. it more because all of the ideas I like. I love the idea. Yeah, I of, love the story. I'll, <laughs> I'll say that. I think yeah. the story's great. I like the puzzle a lot. I like the the red herring. I know I, you don't like Brad Pitt, but I think he's great in it. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't like Brad Pitt very much in it, but I think my main problem with it is one: I never really care about Cole, and it doesn't really focus him and him emotionally to make care. Because I feel like even the idea that he's like, obsessed with this image of something he saw as a kid. Uh, should be played up more right a little bit to give us the, the side of it and i also yeah, think he might have been he might have been miscast yeah. um this this could have been the beginning of bruce willis's i don't care about movies anymore but i mean he does sort of give it almost as it, all. i mean he shows his ass like twice he's been in good <laughs> stuff after this for at least a few times but um but yeah. my, my favorite bruce willis movie hadn't happened yet so i mean he's not completely uncaring yet but he um yeah, so there's that, but then I also think the actual plot progression in like each part of the movie is kind of dull. Like, I, I don't like how it goes about actually getting to the information, even though I like the plot itself. I like the ideas in the plot. I just think the execution mm. is kind of lacking. And for me, it made the movie very plodding from a pacing point of view, and it felt, you know, it was two hours, ten minutes, which is not a short movie, but it felt even longer. It felt uh, like, you know, I felt like I was wading through it and, like, I, you know, I got to the point where I'm like, I'm looking forward to this being over so I can just be done. Uh, which is not why I feel like I'm watching a movie. That's a bad sign. If I'm feeling that, then something's just not clicking for me. Even though on paper is a lot it does that, feel I, long. that I like about yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. So. Um, it, it does feel like a long film. but I, it's, I, I wish I liked it more. I really do. It's not an... I don't think it's a bad watch. I mean, there are some things that you kind of roll your eyes at and you can't help but do it. And I do think that if it was going to go for <clears throat> that Terry Gilliam style of being kind of out there and over the top, and I want to say comic booky, but more in like a Schumacher <laughs> comic booky way, <laughs> then I wish it totally leaned into it or, or just stayed away from it altogether. But because he had to go for this cyberpunk Frenchy style future, um, that he he only did it for the future scenes and not for the present scenes. I, I think it's a bit jarring. And, I agree. Um, yeah, but but I, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad watch. Well, I want to be clear. I don't. I don't a wanna, decent science fiction film. Yeah, I want to make it clear. I don't hate. It. Like I don't. I don't have like contempt for it. It's just. I know. I know what you're doing though, because you have like everyone says this is on my list. <laughs> of must-see sci-fi films and you go eh yeah should the list of must-see sci-fi movies be only great films <laughs> yes and i don't know that might not be true <laughs> so. 
I don't think it's must see. I guess I guess I would disagree. I would disagree that it's a must see sci fi movie. But obviously, I know a lot of people disagree with that. A lot of people do think it's a must see sci fi movie. Yeah, I think it's a it's a movie of its time too. I mean, we used to get a lot of movies about um, about deadly viruses in the nineties. Sorry, ambulance. As the, speaking as, of, yeah, speaking of deadly viruses. Um, <laughs> I like. I don't want to be too harsh because I do think there's a lot of good ideas in there. There's just something about the execution um, and mm-hmm. the the main characters that just don't quite work for me, which is a shame. And I think yeah, and I think I think I brought it up already, but there's like a switch that happens in, with Madeline Stowe's character mm. where she goes from like being super reasonable intellectual to just batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, she just believes it a hundred percent and is like in love with them. And they have and becomes their... a crazy woman. Like, yeah. she just she's like bouncing off the walls like Brad Pitt was in the beginning of the film. <laughs> so it seems it's like it's just bizarre to me. So this is actually partly why I really wanted to do uh, Lajeti with this or Lajeti. I mean, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of the the short French film. Uh, is it L A? Yeah. Yeah. Lajeti. Yes. Um, which Lajeti. I... Which I believe translates as the peer, uh, which makes sense given the the, the film. Um, so I really wanted to do this with it because a I'd I'd seen it and I knew it was like the, the inspiration, if not the right basis for Twelve Monkeys. So it's obviously I think it'd be interesting to compare it, but also because I love it, right? Mm. Can, between the two of them, I think Lajeti is the much better film, and it's only twenty six minutes. It's told all in still images with French narration, and. Here's, here's what I think this movie has. That, I'm not going to say 12 Monkeys doesn't have atmosphere, because it does. I just don't necessarily like it, because it's kind of weird and quirky. But La Jetie has, like, so much atmosphere. It's so wonderful, like, the feeling it gives you. And it's not a virus that breaks out. In La Jetie, it's um, a World War Three breaks out. It's, like, people nuking each mm-hmm. other uh, that makes the, the, the Earth uninhabitable. And... They, they set up this idea of time travel and this is where i think earlier on i was saying how they, the process of the time travel this idea that not everyone can do it and it might make you mad like they really sell the idea in this short film that they've tried this on multiple people and it's just like this thing where they put them like this like thing over their eyes and they're, they're trying and yeah they, they have it's to like, like a, a sleeping mask yeah but they have to like like try for weeks before they'll even like send someone back for once it's like they really sell this idea and this is why it works that the movies and still images because the whole idea of their time travel is that you have to focus on an image of your past and just focus on it and it'll, you'll it'll eventually help you guide your way back so it, it it's told in still images because it gives the impression that that's kind of what the experience is like for him uh as he's traveling back through time so you know our main character is just i don't even know if he's got a name i think he's just the man like you know he's just the main character and mm-hmm. he, he he's got he's got this image in his because the movie starts he's like i've got this image in my head of a pier uh you know like a naval base and it's just this woman you know what you know her hair's blowing in the wind and it's this woman that he's been like thinking of since he was a kid but he also saw a man die that day and this is you know where the inspiration for you know uh 12 monkeys really becomes apparent because he saw a man die that right. day and we, you know, and I love the atmosphere of like, all the tunnels that they're living in, you know, in the future, and we hear about. There's you know, some really great faces in the oh yeah in the pictures that are used. Like there's people who are so saddle looking, like when they have the the light on top of them in the dark cave mm. that they just look like a skull. Yeah, and then all like, all they this look like death. The scientists <laughs> who are working on them as well, like, I love them compared to Twelve Monkeys because 
they feel like they have like the cyberpunk goggles yeah but they also feel kind of like menacing and like you can't quite trust them but they're not quirky in the same way that the 12 monkeys scientists are quirky and you know it feels like it's really difficult to do this time travel thing that they're really trying it and he's thinking of one image and he kind of like gets to one place briefly and he comes back and it's like okay success we're going to keep working and eventually they send him back and he actually comes back and forth multiple times and he meets this woman that he and it, i love the idea that he only goes back to this woman because he's thinking of that woman so and the time space continuum it kind of links him to her so he keeps going back to her and they kind of form a relationship and there's like a whole scene where they're going around the museum looking at stuffed animals and stuff and they're like they, they form this bond this romantic bond and he's like and the thing that the the, the the movie 12 monkeys doesn't do for me that this movie does is that it really sells this the idea that every time he goes back he becomes more addicted to wanting to be back there with her and he doesn't want to yeah. be in the future anymore i mean the philadelphia experiment kind of failed at this also that's true yeah right yeah um but it sold me in 26 minutes it sold me that idea and i think it's interesting yeah that... i kind of fall in love with the woman too like just watching mm. her because you're watching it from his perspective and she's so like, angelic no. and like like mm-hmm. it's all in black and white and it's very atmospheric and like eventually like he um you know it's a, yeah he has to kind of trick his way back as well the, the one final time he you know he because he basically because the one big weird science fiction thing that happens towards the end that doesn't happen in 12 monkeys is that the scientists are like okay you're, you're done you finished your mission that was the last time and he and you feel quite bad for him because he's like wait was that the last time i'm ever gonna get to see her because he's like he's falling in love with mm-hmm. her and he's like, i'm never gonna get to see her again like what and like he, basically he is the last time he goes on a mission is to, it actually ends up in the future like hey so that was the last time you went to the past we're going to try and send you to the future and he goes to this weird mysterious all black future where there's like four people it's almost like bohemian rhapsody the music video or like uh something like that you know it's like just four heads like in blackness and They've got like a like a thing in their forehead, like a little device, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, welcome to the future," blah blah blah. And he's like, "Oh, how did you survive?" So we know how to survive, because that's that's why they're doing this. They want to figure out how they can like you know be habitable again in the world and like you know grow, go forward and have enough food and things like that. And like, oh, we can't tell you, we can't tell you. You have to figure that out on your own. And it feels like a really cold like f you, even though clearly we survive in some capacity because there's people here and they've evolved because yeah. they're all weird and I don't know if they're telepathic or whatever. But uh, after this meeting happens, they contact him and they're like, "Hey, you've traveled through time enough. You're basically one of us because we can also travel through time, and we'd like to bring you forward in time because now you're like us. You should live in the future with us." And he says, "No, can you send me to the past? I want to be with her." So that's his request. And they grant him this request. That's actually how he gets back in time again. But he's on the pier. He's at this this pier, and he sees her at the end. You know, the hair blowing in the wind, and he runs up mm-hmm. to her. And it's as he's running up to her, as he's looking at it. It's all still images. He looks over, and one of the men on the pier has the goggles. It's one of the scientists from from his time. And it's like, no, you can't escape your destiny. Like you thought you could get away from us because you knew we were just probably going to kill you after you were completed all the experiments you don't get to be away from us and mm. it's like no they they kill him and he dies on the pier and the movie just fades to black that's it it's a really somber ending and i yeah, think that's my experience with french movies also <laughs> i mean did you like this did you like the watch your teeth yeah i did mm-hmm. uh, i i think it's way better than 12 months I, I think in 26 minutes it actually tells me a more compelling story that actually has more depth to it there's more mythology to me in this um, and all the stuff that it sets up. I was super into Well, there's this. no way for it to screw up also because nobody speaks. 
that's true yeah okay i mean it does have that but at the very least though like it, it's... this is just storytelling yeah with pictures yeah. but i mean at the very least it does fit thematically with how they describe the time travel working so it yeah you know so it makes sense in the context of the movie uh, i think i i get emotionally attached in this movie and i it, it like mm-hmm. i feel I the i feel the hit at the end when it when it hurts and I think it may be set, and not that I don't think there's enough ideas in this to make a two-hour movie, because I totally think there. I think you could totally make a two-hour movie out of this and have it be something I love. But maybe it does say something that this is twenty-six minutes and nails everything that it needs to, and Twelve Monkeys is two hours ten minutes and feels like it's got padding, because it does. Yeah, it does. You're right, and also it doesn't nail the atmosphere, so it is a bit more of a okay. It feels longer because <laughs> something yeah. about it feels a bit off. Yeah, I, I think um, I I would be interested in, in another remake of this, uh, like a, a movie, but maybe like obviously not go back to the still images, but maybe keep the black and white. But yeah, no, Elijah I really it's on YouTube. You can find it quite easily if you want to watch it. It's twenty six minutes. I highly recommend it. Uh, I think it's a great little movie, and yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's very unique. I had seen Twelve Monkeys before. I saw that, but I'd seen it so long before that I didn't remember it. So I didn't. I never even thought of Twelve Monkeys as I was watching it. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's clearly influenced. Yeah. I mean, not that Twelve Monkeys tries to hide it. It, it says right in the opening credits, based on the yeah, blank yeah. blank. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it is. It's it's it's, it's clearly um like a, it's not it's not quite a remake of it, but it's it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, like the influence is there. Yeah, so you know, I like I love Legend even the look of the future is kind of inspired by it. So. Hmm um so uh but 12 monkeys which we are going to rate because that's the movie we rate uh yes we're going to do that so uh tara what would you give 12 monkeys out of 10 and you can't give it 12 as a joke how many monkeys do i give this movie yeah how many monkeys that's what i think see if you go back to really old episodes of screams after midnight for a long time i tried to always say how many you know blank thing do you give it out of 10 based on the movie we just watched so like <laughs> you feel like a random item from the film yeah so sometimes it'd be something really silly like how many severed heads out of 10 would you give this movie but then sometimes it'd be how many cookies out of 10 because there was like a cookie scene or something like but um but yes how many monkeys out of 10 um i don't hate this movie i still kind of like it i think i think the story is great I think the execution is off. Um, I I don't hate the performances. I do think there are some miscast people in it, unfortunately. And um, I really don't care that much for the female lead. I mean, I think she's a fine actress, but her character is very confusing to me. But um, I still think it's watchable, and I still think it's worth watching. I think it's very unique, even though there is it is a remake. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. Seven monkeys. Seven monkeys. I was hoping I, give I don't it... think the the downfalls of the film are enough for it to be a bad film. Sure. Uh, I am going to get out a chainsaw and I'm going to <laughs> saw a monkey in half because I'm going to give oh. it. I'm going to give it five and a half monkeys. <laughs> All right. Um, which is basically me acknowledging that there's some good ideas in there. It's me acknowledging that it's not like a terrible movie because it isn't. Uh, but I, mm-hmm. I did find it a slog to get through. I was kind of losing interest. And I do think that Brad Pitt doesn't fit the role. And I don't think he's a bad actor. I just don't think he's right for this movie. 
and uh, there's some. I jo- think Brad Pitt was one of the only actors who knew who knew what movie he was in. That's fair. That's fair. And maybe and maybe the fact that we feel differently about that is just a sign that something's not right somewhere, and whether it's not that it's Brad Pitt is doing the right thing, you know, when everyone else isn't, or that everyone else is doing the right thing and Brad Pitt is being wacky. Like either way, there's something not quite gelling in the, as a yeah. whole for us. I put that on the director. Yeah. So five and a half for me. Um, and I'm going to turn off a lot of people here. Like I feel like you know, there's every so often when I dislike something that a lot of people like. Like I feel like this is going to get us some flack. I know that when eventually we do Blade Runner. Did we Runner. get any flack for Dark City? Not as much as I thought we would actually. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I thought we would because we yeah we were. Did anyone watch the review? Maybe that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. People, people look. People commented, but we we were pretty like lukewarm to downright negative on that. And yeah, that one was a disappointment. Um, just because much like Twelve Monkeys, that one was the memory of the movie was a lot better. Yeah, I think what's interesting about this though is even though you were a bit more positive than me, um, I think we've clearly established that we have very similar tastes because typically. There's, there's very rarely times, if you look at the trend of our ratings on, like, across the 26 episodes, 27, 28 that we're at now, um, of this mm-hmm. show, like, Dark City, I remember getting into that thinking, oh, like, I don't think I like this movie very much, and I'm worried that Tara's going to really like it. And you ended up feeling quite similar to me. You know, maybe mm-hmm. slightly higher, but yeah. you were, the, the dip was, and the rating was pretty notably similar. And I feel like we actually have a very like-minded way of thinking about most of these movies. So Right. Um, Which is why we'll never, we'll never review the Lord of the Rings trilogy, so we can keep our streak. I <laughs> ain't sci-fi anyway. It's fine. Yeah, fantasy and sci-fi often get lumped together, but they really shouldn't. They shouldn't be. No, this is not a fantasy show, damn it. And I will make sure it isn't, because <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. Uh, there'll be no fantasy. You're gonna audience. have to review the uh, Lord of the Rings for the TV show. I know. I know. Connor's gleeful about it. Um, well, I suggest if you review the films, don't review the extended edition because those are not the the real movies. Those are for the fans. You got to watch the theatrical version, which I know you haven't. And I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much don't, either. Don't, hey, don't get me extended wrong. Extended edition first. If for some reason I have to watch them again, you bet your ass Use I'm picking. The I'm picking the shorter ones. Don't you worry. <laughs> If the, if the if the need arises, and I don't imagine it will, but if it arises, um, sure. you're not going to do it for the new show. I mean, we've got a year to worry about that. <laughs> got a year. There's only just starting to shoot now in New Zealand, so we got time. Oh, to do it in New Zealand? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Filming in Kiwi Land. Um, I hope so... they use the same score. Um, get Howard Shore in. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, the Just music's... use the music. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm going to compliment something. The music's pretty good. I will not diss the music. Music's great. Yeah. Are you going to cut this out and make it a bonus bit so nobody knows you know the, the melodies <laughs> of the Lord of the Rings? We've not went long enough on Lord of the Rings yet to for me to cut this out and make it a bonus bit. If you want to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we review La Jete also? Review? You mean rate? Yeah. <laughs> we already talked about it. Uh, yeah. yeah, we can rate La Jete. Um, what would you want to give La Jete out of 10? I don't know. It's a very unique kind of film, and I don't have anything to compare it to You've other never... than Old Monkeys. <laughs> You've... Also, have you ever rated a short film out of 10 before? 
No. You probably haven't, yeah, because I it's not like I've rated a bunch of short movies. And I watch a lot of movies. Unless you count TV shows like The Twilight Zone. <laughs> They're kind of short films. They're kind of, yeah. There's, that, there's an extent. There's, there's a logic to that. Yeah, I mean, for a, a short movie that is just still images and it, one narrator, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of story, there's a lot of character, there's a lot of world building, and it's actually really interesting. Um, it, I, I've got nothing else to compare it to, so I guess I'll give it a 9. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also giving it a 9 out of 10. Uh, uh, I, I loved it when I saw it a few years ago. I, it happened to be on a streaming service briefly, and I was like, oh, I'll see what this is. And I was like, huh. That's why Criterion have like a there's like a, there's like a double feature Criterion DVD of this oh. and like an odd movie from the same director and all because obviously they didn't go oh and it's so because it's only twenty six minutes but I'm like yeah this belongs in the Criterion collection <laughs> this this feels like a Criterion yeah movie. it's very unique highly yeah. recommend yeah so Easy you watch so you're glad I made you watch it then I'm happy yeah <laughs> yeah uh, definitely. Because uh, it, it was kind of like a tackle. I was like, hey, Tara, do you want to do an extra thing? And she's like, an extra thing? Don't, don't we do enough? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, just trust me. Watch Leisure Tea. It's really good. Uh, so yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, so hopefully that ended up in a decent episode. I mean, we've actually went about an hour on this chunk. I think there was about 30 minutes of material from before this hour of recording to make this about a 90-minute review. So hopefully those first few parts edit together in a coherent way. I'll do what I can. Um, I apologize to audio listeners. <laughs> uh, we learned a lesson. We won't be trying that again. Uh, so we will be back uh, next week with another... Actually, we didn't even check to see what's coming next week. Let's do that now. Uh, I think we already know what's coming up next week. Do we? It is the finale of our Terminator watch. It isn't, is it? Is it? Is Terminator it? Genesis next? You may be right. Oh God, I think I, I think I willfully. Did you block it? Tried to block that from <laughs> you my mind. Have your memory. Oh no, it's Terminator Genesis. <laughs> oh no. It's time. It's time. John Connor, it is time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Okay, so brace yourself next week for at least two hours of Terminator Genesis hate. Brace That's all you. <laughs> you know what i feel bad i, I did i was gonna mic. sit back this whole but i no when i was editing review. salvation i was hogging i was hogging the conversation a little bit i do uh, th- I think salvation was a good back and forth but i know yeah you were pretty pissed off <laughs> i think i have to let tara drive the conversation next week i'm going to i'm going to let tara host the show i am going to be the the, the co-host look at me mm-hmm. i'm the captain now i'm the captain now with a big fat grape in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> i'm the captain now i can eat grapes whenever i want <laughs> so yeah get ready for terminator jess next week which actually means we're pretty close to a uh, terminator dark fate um by the time you see this because i actually i was worried a little bit actually that uh genesis like because it, it, it needs to go out before dark fate hits because it's going to be weird if genesis doesn't go public until after dark fate comes out uh, but I think well, that's just... November, right? No, it's October. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, right. Better get my ticket. <laughs> um, what's funny actually is I actually do get a week before you, but that doesn't really matter. We'll, we'll review it when we we can both see it. It's fine. <laughs> it's I'll fine. see it right away. Yeah, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. Hey, I like the trailers and um. I think watching all the films back to back is making me more excited about it. 
<laughs> just because I'm so hopeful that they make something good. Because <laughs> what's the, I mean, the hope is is that it's the best sequel after two, right? Because the bar's not that high. Yeah. So we'll see. But before we get to that, we have Genesis. We have. Oh my god! Actually, Joe, I'm just remembering. I'm not going to say what it is because I'll save it for the review next week. But one of the big things you said about Terminator Three that really upset you was the comedy, and I just remembered a scene in the middle of Genesis that's comic comedic that pissed me off in the theater. I don't remember anything in Genesis. I went and saw it in the theater and then left and went eh, <laughs> just forgot that whole two hours. There is a there is a police lineup scene in the middle of the film that is nothing but played for laughs and I remember being physically like angry in the theatre just how stupid it was. So I'm looking forward Can't to wait. your reactions next week. <laughs> uh, I'm actually I'm actually morbidly kind of looking forward to this just to... Cause I, I think the movie's going to be painful. The world I, needs to know your thoughts. I think the conversation is going to be good. All right. So that, that has been 12 Monkeys. Uh, we'll be back next week with Terminator Genesis. By all means, let us know what you think of 12 Monkeys. And I feel like you're going to be more positive than us and be mad at us for everything we've said. Uh, but you can let us know in the comments what you think of the film. You can you can like and you can subscribe. And you can, of course, support us by giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, give us five stars. Help show us out, that kind of thing. Tara... Um, I just this past couple of days, I made both Tim and Connor do the Patreon plug. Uh, Tim, Tim was a little rough, but did did his best to try it. Connor just sat there and did like the most basic, mundane, like thing without any passion whatsoever. He was terrible. So prove why once again you are the best co-host and tell them about Patreon.com. Well, I think we already talked about Patreon in the beginning, but I will reiterate. That it's patreon.com slash TV, and as little as a dollar per month gets you a bunch of bonus features, including our Leviathan review, which just mm-hmm. went up, or has been up in this case for a couple weeks now. A couple weeks, yeah. So if you want to see what Aliens Underwater looks like. <laughs> yeah, that was number five of the bonuses, so uh, <laughs> by the time this goes up, it'll probably be quite soon. Uh, the sixth one will go up for everyone on Patreon. Ooh, I wonder what that will be. I wonder too. In fact, as soon as we stop recording, I think we're, I'm going to say, "Hey Tara, what do you want to do for the voice episode next month?" And we'll talk about it. But that is a uh, that has been uh, this episode of the Ace, the Atomic Sam Experiment. Thank you very much. Uh, apologies once again for the weird, like you know, cop recording. So if there's been any inconsistencies with like us repeating things that we already said, I do apologize for it. We'll be back to normal next time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Keep watching sci-fi movies, guys, and computer. That's salsa. Yum, yum.